Every year, millions of U.S. adults have an annual physical. For many of them, it's an opportunity to strengthen their relationship with their physician and discuss preventive care. But it's unclear whether these visits actually improve health. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Alan Gorrell, a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital, and Ativ Marotra, an associate professor of healthcare policy and medicine at Harvard Medical School and Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Doctors Gorrell and Marotra have written perspective articles taking different positions on the future of the annual physical. Dr. Gorrell, to start with you, some critics of the annual physical argue that it may actually be harmful if routine tests lead to overdiagnosis or false positives. How strong is the evidence that in its current form, the annual physical actually does more good than harm? Well, the annual physical at present, I think, is a shell of what it should be. So I think the issue is not so much is the annual physical valuable or not as currently practiced. The real issue is that the annual physical have any potential to add value rather than is the annual physical as currently practiced uh, meeting its potential. Dr. Marotra, you write in your article that the Society of General Internal Medicine issued a recommendation in 2013 against annual preventive exams in asymptomatic patients. What's been the response to that recommendation? It's hard to judge that fully, both at the annual meetings as well as in online forums. There were a number of people in the society who have disagreed with that recommendation and argued for the continued use of the annual physical. Having said that, I don't know if we have a real sense of, as a whole, are those the exception or the rule? And we don't really know as a society whether that has changed clinical practice. As I illustrated in the perspective piece, at least empirically, it does not appear over the time period we looked at whether there really had been any change in the number of adults in the U.S. getting the physical. Dr. Goral, one critique of the annual physical exam is that it takes up time that could be used for more urgent health matters. But you suggest in your article that patient-centered medical homes could help ease those time pressures. Have studies of those models or other primary care models supported that theory? Yes, the medical home model, when implemented as a team-based, multidisciplinary approach to care, has indeed started to free up primary care physicians under the theme of each member of the team operating at their highest level of certification and training. So there are many things that primary care doctors do which can be done equally well by members of the team, freeing up the primary care physician for those things that are uniquely physician-level elements of the annual review. Dr. Marotra, there are concerns that eliminating the annual physical might cause patients to miss out on necessary preventive care. Have any medical practices succeeded in finding other ways to ensure that patients stay up to date with preventive care? Yeah, I think a number of advanced practices are moving forward with the idea of that we need to actively engage the population and use any opportunity to engage in preventive care. And that's really built on the foundation of electronic medical records and as the meaningful use criteria have pushed for the idea that we should have panels of patients and be able to identify from those relatively, I think, simple questions, how many of our patients who are eligible for a mammogram have actually received one. I think of an example such as the Kaiser system, in which if a Kaiser patient calls a practice for, say, a dermatologist and says, I want an appointment, the front office staff have the ability to 
identify, oh, this patient is missing a mammogram, and ask the patient whether they'd like to schedule it at that time. So completely any contact with the system initiates a push to getting uh, missing preventive care. And similarly, through using other mechanisms, letters, phone calls, of contacting people outside a annual physical to ensure that they're up to date with their preventive care. I might also emphasize that while it's important to recognize about a third of the U.S. population receives an annual physical every year, two-thirds are not. And at least this is more anecdotal, but my experience is that those who actually receive the physical are often our patients who are most up-to-date with their preventive care and most compliant with many of our recommendations in terms of medications. So it is the exact patients who are not receiving the annual physical who would most likely benefit. Whatever your divergent views on the annual physical, you both write in your articles that certain components of it should remain, either in their current form or in a modified form. So I'd like to ask both of you, what features of the visit should not be eliminated, even if the annual physical, as we know it, ceases to exist? Dr. Gore, I'll start with you. Annual physical is a misnomer. It's really an annual health review. The perfunctory performance of a few elements of the physical exam contribute little in the way of detection or improvements in health. There are a few data that support that, and I'm fully in agreement that just a perfunctory physical and a review of screening tests, which often the current annual physical has deteriorated into, is of little value. The thing that is most important and overlooked by everybody who's written on abandoning the annual review is the therapeutic relationship between physician and patient. Not everybody wants such a relationship, but the power of a trusting, durable, understanding, and long-term relationship is highly valued by many, many patients. And probably one of the main reasons why, despite the calls for eliminating it, nothing has really happened in terms of reduction of frequency and demand. In fact, patients who seek out concierge physicians do so because they miss what had traditionally been an unhurried and very personalized annual review of one's life, those elements of one's life that contribute to well-being and health, and those elements that might be compromising it, and also the sustaining and maintenance of that relationship over time, which has tremendous therapeutic value most clearly documented in the mental health literature, but also evidence in the non-mental health literature. And patients will enter primary care concierge practices and pay thousands of dollars for that kind of protected time that allows the maintenance, the development, and the sustaining of that kind of relationship. So I think what's overlooked and often dismissed as something rather unnecessary or just of quote-unquote psychological value, as in uh, Dr. Manuel's piece in the New York Times, is actually at the heart of a therapeutic doctor-patient relationship. And that's the element that's missing. And it's missing because we now have much more rushed visits, which have led to a compromise in the time necessary to establish and sustain a meaningful therapeutic relationship that's trusting. And by the way, trusting is very important. And trust takes time and it takes repeated efforts over a continuum of years 
with an emphasis on reliability, on safety, on the caring of the folks who are delivering the primary care. And by the way, this is not limited only to primary care. This is also something that many specialists who provide principal care to patients with chronic illnesses also can provide to their patients. And what we have instead now is a system where the patient feels they're basically being managed bureaucratically. All the boxes are being checked. They watch their doctor type in all the things that are necessary for billing and reimbursement but there's really very little time for personalized care. And it's this decline in the ability to have a strong patient-physician relationship that leads many to be very dissatisfied with the current practice of primary care. I would basically enhance it, and these elements are pointed out in the article, so that this annual health review, first of all, becomes an efficient team-based effort with members of the team doing many of the things that are relatively commoditized or routinized and can be done by other folks. So, for example, a medical assistant can review that the patient is up to date on their screening and any screening that needs to be ordered that doesn't have to be discussed in detail can be ordered before the physician even sees the patient vital signs and other things, reviews of allergies and medicines that are being taken can be routinely done by a medical assistant. And the documentation putting this into the electronic medical record can be done so the physician is freed up from the types of record keeping that now consume an awful lot of time and unnecessary effort at the physician level. And we would assume that this would be a one-hour visit. Then with the time that is saved, and by the way, that amount of time the AMA has estimated can consume as much as 76 hours of a primary care physician's time in a week just to do the routine screening that needs to be done. So that's a huge savings. With the time saved, we now have time for that discussion of the patient's current situation, focusing on those things that are important to their health and well-being and also reviewing their preferences and attitude, which is so essential to personalized care and making sure that we're being responsive to their needs. And also, by in doing so, we establish a sense of responsiveness and trust that, again, is so essential to good medical care. That leaves, then, some time to also review their current medical problems. So this becomes, and by the way, most primary care physicians do this, it's also a systematic review of their active medical problems. So in one visit, we can now accomplish many different things in a very efficient team-based way and in a way that's meaningful for patients. First thing, I think it'd be useful to emphasize that despite the titles of the perspectives, it sounds like we are in direct opposition. I think it's useful to emphasize that Dr. Goral and I agree, I believe, more than we disagree in some key points of agreement are that in its current form, the annual physical is not working effectively. We need to have a visit that's more focused on relationship building, and Dr. Grohl mentioned some aspects of how that would be done. I called it a primary care maintenance visit. Dr. Grohl called it an annual health review, but that's the needs to be the focus as opposed to what it currently is done. For example, in our work, we found that 30% of visits included annual blood work, which I think both of us would agree is unnecessary. 
And I think the third point of agreement is that does it have to be annual? Dr. Goral mentioned that there's some segments of our population that don't need it on an annual basis. So that annual aspect, I think we also agree on. And so I think the debate or disagreement between the two of us is what I view as maybe more minor issues, which is what goes into this relationship building visit? How often should it happen? What is its content? And a couple key points there about the relationship building. Again, I'm in agreement that it's necessary, but I believe it's not necessary for all adults. I think it's necessary for some adults. And I think the key thing here is to emphasize that relationship building and a annual physical or a preventive health exam, as it's also called, should not be considered synonymous. Whether this specialized visit is critical for building that relationship and trust is unclear to me. First, it's never been studied in any of the research, but we also should note, as I emphasized in my piece, the vast majority of people who have a preventive health exam or annual physical already saw their physician for some other reason in the prior 12 months. And if you look at those who are over the age of 65, the average number of visits is more than six plus during a given year. So whether an additional visit is critical for relationship building, I think we should question that assumption. I've really focused the need for such a relationship maintenance visit or primary care maintenance visit for those, the minority of people who are not seeing their physician on a regular basis. I think the notion that we agree on many things is important, but I think that there is a missing element from those who, an important missing element from those who call for the abandonment of such an annual review. And I think that it is the downplaying of the importance of the relationship. And that comes from studies and emphasis on studies that measure the measurable. In the mental health literature, what has been found is that when there is a trusting physician relation or psychiatrist or mental health professional relationship with a client, what we find is that there is better functional status, better compliance, and less overutilization of services than there is when there is no such relationship established. And I think that the notion that it can be sandwiched in when there's a problem, let's say the patient comes in with abdominal pain, that's a very hard time to start necessarily reviewing things that are more broad-based unless it's felt that the abdominal pain may be related to somebody's life situation. But when it's abdominal pain, Due to diverticular disease, it's going to be very hard to talk about one's important life events and how they may affect one's health. I'll make a quick point, which is that one of my arguments is that primary care physician time is a valuable societal resource. We have evidence that many patients who are ill are having difficulty getting appointments with primary care physicians. The Affordable Care Act has led to an increased demand for primary care. So I guess a central theme of my argument, again, this is a valuable resource. Given that resource, we spend less of that time on people who are not ill, who are asymptomatic, and more of that time on patients who are actually ill. And I think that's going to provide increased value of primary care as opposed to devoting, again, we have over 240 million adults in the United States asking all of them to come in for an annual one-hour visit is a significant drain on both primary care resources as well as societal resources. Thank you, Dr. Marotra. Thank you, Dr. Goral.